you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. In the annals of World War II, nestled deep within the larger narrative of heroism, sacrifice, and resilience, resides the chilling tale of the Battle of Savo Island. This relatively less-known confrontation belies its true significance. It was a catastrophe that turned the tide of the Pacific War, reshaped strategic doctrines, and immortalized countless acts of courage amid chaos. Our journey begins in the heart of 1942, as the world was steeped in the throes of the deadliest conflict in human history. The stakes were immense as the lines of the geopolitical chessboard were being redrawn in real time. Amid the vast expanse of the Pacific theater, the Allies and the Japanese locked horns in an intense struggle for supremacy, with the island territories serving as key pawns in this high-stakes game. Enter the key players, for the Allies, Admiral Richmond Kelly Turner, a determined yet controversial figure, and Vice Admiral Frank Jack Fletcher, a seasoned naval veteran wary of the fight to come. For the Japanese, Vice Admiral Gunichi Makawa, an astute strategist with a daring plan to shatter the illusions of an easy Allied victory. The stage was set, the actors in their places, and a deadly performance was about to unfold in the serene waters around Savo Island. This narrative will journey through the invasions, the miscalculations, the desperate battles under the starlit sky, the stinging aftermath, and the lasting implications of this fateful encounter. Brace yourself for a voyage into history as we navigate the swirling currents of the Battle of Savo Island, a battle that forever changed the Pacific War and carved its indelible mark on the canvas of World War II. Chapter 1 The Prologue in 1942, the world found itself gripped by a war of a magnitude never seen before. Each day wrote new chapters of heroism and tragedy, as nations across the globe locked into a dance of destruction. Our story is set in one such theater of war, the sprawling Pacific Ocean, where islands speckled across the vast aquatic landscape became the focus of a ferocious tussle between the Allies and the Axis powers. Imagine a colossal chessboard its squares replaced by a never-ending expanse of blue sea, punctuated by islands both large and small. These islands, in the vast theater of the Pacific, were more than mere specks of land. They were strategically critical, like knights and rooks in a chess game. Whoever could control these islands, effectively controlled the Pacific. On one side of this great aquatic arena were the Allied forces, a coalition of countries united against the common threat of Axis aggression. The United States, fresh from the devastating attack on Pearl Harbor, led this charge, eager to check the progress of the Japanese advance across the Pacific. Spearheading this Allied effort were two notable figures. Admiral Richmond Kelly Turner, 
a man as relentless as the sea itself. With his stern gaze and unwavering resolve, he was a seasoned leader, having commanded ships and men in battles before. Then there was Vice Admiral Frank Jack Fletcher, a war-weary yet resolute veteran of the seas. Fletcher, with his crinkled eyes mirroring the ocean's depth, was an experienced hand who bore the weight of the Pacific War on his shoulders. Together, they would navigate the Allies through the tempestuous waters of the Pacific conflict. On the other side, flexing its muscles, was the Empire of Japan. The land of the rising sun had seen an unprecedented expansion across the Pacific. At the helm of the Japanese strategy was Vice Admiral Gunichi Mikawa. Mikawa, with his steely demeanor and a mind as sharp as the samurai's sword, was an astute strategist, ready to upset the Allied apple cart. Our tale commences at a pivotal moment in this grand chess game. The setting, the tranquil, seemingly inconsequential islands of Guadalcanal and Tulagi, and the small, unassuming Savo Island nestled in their midst. Little did the world know, these islands were about to become the stage for a confrontation that would echo through the annals of history. What transpired here was more than just a battle, it was a testament to human tenacity, a lesson in naval warfare, and a harsh wake-up call to the unpredictable nature of war. Two great forces and their leaders stood at opposite ends of the Pacific theater, poised and ready for the chess game that was about to unfold. On the side of the Allies, Admiral Richmond Kelly Turner and Vice Admiral Frank Jack Fletcher stood as the twin pillars, guiding their men through the stormy seas of war. Turner was a man built of stern stuff, much like the ships he commanded. Born in the heartland of Oregon, he carried with him a firm resolve and a sense of determination that was as unyielding as the cascades of his home state. His eyes, sharp and piercing, carried a gaze that spoke volumes about his tenacity. Turner was not just a commander, he was a father figure to his crew, sharing their hardships and their triumphs. Fletcher, on the other hand, brought to the table a wealth of experience that was as deep as the ocean itself. A native of Iowa, he had made the vast seas his home, his wisdom reflecting the countless sunsets he had witnessed at sea. Fletcher was a seasoned veteran, his every wrinkle and every crease telling tales of battles fought and won. Despite the burden of war, his leadership remained steadfast, guided by a compass of compassion and resilience. As Turner and Fletcher held the reins of the Allied forces, across the vast expanse of the Pacific, Vice Admiral Gunichi Mikawa was preparing to steer the ship of the Japanese Imperial Navy. Mikawa was a man of few words, yet his actions echoed loudly. Born in Hiroshima, his stern demeanor was carved out of the resilience inherent in the samurai culture of his homeland. Mikawa was not just a soldier, he was a strategist, a thinker, always a few moves ahead in the chess game of warfare. As the pieces were set, the stage was primed, and the key players were ready. The Battle of Savo Island was not merely a test of strength, it was also a testament to the men who led their forces into the fray. As the curtain rose on this theater of war, Turner, Fletcher, and Mikawa were about to imprint their strategies, their valor, and their resilience onto the pages of history. The stage was set and the key players stood ready, their gaze fixed firmly on the islands of Guadalcanal and Tulagi. These specks of land, 
nestled in the Pacific's vast expanse, were about to witness a clash of strategies, each carefully crafted in the minds of the men leading the charge. For the Allies, led by the keen intellects of Turner and Fletcher, the objective was clear, seize control of the islands. To achieve this, they formulated a bold plan. They aimed to capture the partially built Japanese airfield on Guadalcanal, knowing that its completion would give the Japanese a strategic foothold that could tilt the balance of power in the Pacific. This airfield, a symbol of both menace and opportunity, was to be the crux of their assault. Turner, his eyes mirroring his resolve, ordered a large-scale amphibious assault. An assortment of troopships and cargo vessels was prepared, escorted by a formidable flotilla of cruisers and destroyers. The goal was to secure the islands and their surrounding waters, creating a safe haven for their forces while posing a strategic threat to the Japanese. Fletcher, bringing his experience to bear, chose to provide air cover for this daring invasion. His three aircraft carriers, positioned strategically, were the birds of prey ready to swoop down at any hint of Japanese resistance. In this grand game of chess, the carriers were the queen, powerful and indispensable. Meanwhile, many miles away, Mikawa was weaving his own web of tactics. He had learned of the Allies' plan and was not going to stand by. With a glint in his eyes and a stoic determination, Mikawa gathered his cruisers, preparing them for a decisive night attack on the Allied fleet. He intended to use the cover of darkness as his ally, employing it to disguise his fleet's movements and to launch a swift, devastating attack on the unsuspecting Allies. As the sun dipped below the horizon and darkness draped over the Pacific, the chessboard was ready, and the pieces were in motion. The plan was in place, and the dice of destiny had been cast. The Battle of Savo Island was about to commence, forever etching these carefully crafted strategies into the annals of history. Chapter 2 The Prelude As dawn broke on August 7, 1942, the Allied fleet, under the leadership of Turner and Fletcher, crept towards the islands of Guadalcanal and Tulagi, shrouded in a cloak of silence and anticipation. This was the moment they had been planning for, a moment etched in their hearts and minds with a mixture of dread and determination. Admiral Turner, standing tall on the bridge of his command ship, the USS Macaulay, surveyed the scene before him. A mosaic of ships, large and small, filled the horizon. The air was thick with tension, each man waiting, ready to play their part in the invasion. Turner's firm voice broke the silence, issuing the order they had all been waiting for. Commence the attack, he said, his words resonating with quiet resolve. Almost instantly, the calm Pacific air was filled with the thunderous roar of artillery as the naval bombardment commenced. For the men aboard the ships, it was a stark reminder of the intense combat that awaited them on the island's shores. But in spite of the looming danger, they pressed forward driven by a sense of duty that was stronger than any fear. On Guadalcanal, U.S. Marines stormed the beach, their boots sinking into the soft sand as they moved towards the partially completed Japanese airfield. The resistance they met was slight, an eerie quiet replacing the expected hail of enemy fire. Tulagi, however, told a different story, where Japanese defenders put up a stiff resistance, testing the mettle of the invading force. 
Nonetheless, by the day's end, both islands were in Allied hands. Fletcher, aboard his flagship USS Saratoga, held the reins of the air assault, his aircraft carriers launching wave after wave of fighter planes. These mechanical birds of prey filled the sky, their engines roaring like wild beasts as they provided crucial air cover to the men fighting on the ground. Many miles away, the steely-eyed Makawa, still unaware of the day's events, was preparing for his own strike. As news of the invasion reached him, his resolve hardened. A night attack on the Allied ships seemed even more crucial now. As the sky darkened and the first day of the invasion drew to a close, another chess piece was being moved into place. This was just the opening act of a drama that was to unfold over the coming days, a drama where courage, sacrifice, and the relentless will of determined men would set the stage for a battle that would echo through history. As night fell on August 8, 1942, a deceptive calm hung over the Pacific waters surrounding Savo Island. The success of the day's invasion had imbued the Allied forces with a cautious optimism. But unbeknownst to them, a new storm was brewing in the dark. Under the cloak of the night sky, Vice Admiral Makawa led his fleet of seven cruisers and a destroyer towards the unsuspecting Allied ships. His plan was daring, almost reckless, but it was rooted in his understanding of the Pacific's fickle nature. For Makawa, the night was not a hindrance but a trusted ally, a veil to disguise his fleet's approach. On the decks of the Allied ships, the men were unwinding from the day's action, their bodies tired but their spirits high. The evening was serene, the moonlight casting long shadows on the deck and reflecting off the quiet water. It seemed like a normal night, but the peace was not destined to last. Mikawa, guiding his fleet through the darkness, felt the weight of the impending attack. His heart pounded with anticipation, but his face was a mask of calm. The lives of his men and the fate of the Pacific War hinged on the night's events. Yet, Mikawa did not falter. He knew that victory in war often hinged on the element of surprise. The Japanese fleet, sliding through the water like ghosts, finally came within striking distance. At approximately 1.43 in the morning, under the spectral glow of the moon, Mikawa gave the order. The eerie silence of the night was shattered by the thunderous roar of Japanese guns as they opened fire on the unsuspecting Allied ships. The Battle of Savo Island had begun. The sudden attack sent shockwaves through the Allied fleet. From a tranquil night, chaos erupted within seconds. Men scrambled on the decks, rushing to their battle stations, as fires erupted, casting a sinister glow on the faces of the shocked sailors. Meanwhile, in the chaos and confusion, Mikawa remained resolute. The man who was typically quiet was transformed into a force of nature, his orders slicing through the night's chaos with the precision of a samurai sword. The night that began with tranquility had descended into a fierce confrontation, an unexpected enemy emerging from the shadows to take center stage in this gripping saga. Beneath the vast, starlit sky, the waters around Savo Island were transforming into a seething cauldron of chaos and fire. The sudden Japanese onslaught had thrown the Allied forces into disarray, the tranquility of the night shattered by the thunderous symphony of war. The stage was set for a battle that would etch its name in the annals of history. 
Caught off guard, Admiral Turner's tactical prowess was put to the test. From his command post aboard the USS McCauley, he peered into the smoky darkness, his heart pounding with urgency. His sharp eyes, usually filled with steadfast resolve, were now blazing with determination. He barked orders into the radio, his voice carrying the combined weight of surprise and resolve. Meanwhile, Vice Admiral Fletcher, aboard the USS Saratoga, was alerted to the sudden attack. His experienced heart sank as he quickly realized the weight of the situation. The air cover he was providing was futile against the night-veiled attack. His heart was heavy, but his resolve was unwavering. With a grim expression, he ordered his crew to prepare for any eventuality, their faces reflecting the seriousness of his words. As Allied ships scrambled to retaliate, the Japanese onslaught, under Makawa's steely command, continued with lethal precision. The darkness of the night, interspersed with fiery eruptions, painted a haunting portrait of the unfolding battle. Mikawa, his face set in an expression of stern concentration, maneuvered his fleet like a maestro conducting a grim symphony of destruction. Amid the fiery chaos, the Allied forces began to regroup. The initial shock was wearing off, replaced by a gritty determination. Despite being ambushed and outnumbered, they held onto their fighting spirit, their courage shining brighter than the fires around them. As dawn approached, the ferocity of the battle showed no sign of abating. The first light of day would reveal the true cost of this unexpected enemy and the storm that had been gathered. It was a night that proved war's unpredictability, where the shadowy veil of darkness could hide a gathering storm, ready to unleash its fury when least expected. Chapter 3 The Battle Unfolds The night of August 8, stretching into the early hours of August 9, 1942, bore witness to a tactical masterpiece of naval warfare. As the moon shone down on the Pacific waters, the darkness became a battlefield, setting the stage for Vice Admiral Genichi Mikawa's relentless assault. For Mikawa, the night was not an obstacle but an asset. His seven cruisers and destroyer glided through the waters like silent predators, their movements almost imperceptible under the cloak of the night. Suddenly, at 1.43 a.m., the tranquil silence was shattered by the deafening roar of Mikawa's order, fire. The Japanese guns came to life, their fiery tongues reaching out into the darkness, seeking the hulls of the unsuspecting Allied ships. On the receiving end of this furious onslaught were the Allied forces led by Admirals Turner and Crutchley. The once serene Pacific night was instantly transformed into a chaotic symphony of fire, metal, and men, the echoes of war resounding across the vast expanse. The Allied sailors, shocked and disoriented, scrambled to their battle stations, their faces reflecting the fiery glow of the burning ships. Turner, aboard the USS McCauley, battled the storm of chaos with a calm resolution. He rallied his men, his voice a beacon of steadiness amidst the uproar. Return fire, he commanded, his order ringing clear over the sound of exploding shells and burning deck plates. Across the water, aboard the HMAS Australia, Admiral Crutchley found himself in a similar predicament. The Australian cruiser was temporarily away from the main force, 
but the flaming horizon and the thunderous symphony of warfare left no room for doubt about what was happening. Crutchley, his heart pounding, pushed his ship and crew to their limits to rejoin the embattled fleet. As the night gave way to the dawn, the Pacific waters around Savo Island were a testament to the ferocity of the conflict. Japanese torpedoes and artillery had taken a heavy toll on the Allied forces. Yet, despite the disadvantage, the Allies continued to fight back. This night assault, marked by Makawa's masterful use of darkness and surprise, would become a vivid chapter in the narrative of the Pacific War, a testament to the unpredictable and brutal nature of naval combat. In the lingering darkness of August 9, 1942, the scene that unfolded around Savo Island was one of devastation. Mikawa's unexpected night assault had unleashed a storm of violence on the Allied forces, the echoes of which were still reverberating through the smoky air. Caught in the midst of this chaos was the USS Quincy, under the command of Captain Samuel N. Moore. The sudden onslaught had battered the heavy cruiser, the deck shuddering under the impact of the relentless Japanese artillery. Despite the punishing fire, Captain Moore and his crew fought back with defiant courage, their guns belching fire into the darkness. Yet, the weight of the assault was overwhelming. By the early hours, the USS Quincy was a burning hulk, her deck aflame and the ocean around her illuminated by her burning silhouette. Despite the efforts of her valiant crew, she capsized and sank, taking with her more than 370 brave sailors. It was a tragic loss, a stark reminder of the brutality of war. Similarly, the USS Astoria, under the command of Captain William G. Greenman, suffered a tragic fate. The cruiser was severely damaged by a barrage of Japanese shells. Despite the desperate efforts of her crew, the damage was catastrophic. Fires raged uncontrollably, the acrid smoke choking the desperate men as they battled both the enemy and the flames. As dawn broke, the USS Astoria also succumbed to her wounds and slipped beneath the waves. The Allied fleet bore the brunt of the night assault. Admiral Crutchley, aboard the HMAS Australia, could only watch as the once formidable Allied fleet was reduced to a scattering of burning hulks. The grim sight was a stark contrast to the tranquil beauty of the previous day. In the midst of this overwhelming tragedy, the men of the Allied fleet displayed unwavering courage. Sailors fought to save their comrades and their ships, their faces smeared with soot and their hearts pounding with fear and adrenaline. Their valiant efforts, while unable to reverse the course of the battle, left a lasting legacy of bravery and dedication in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. The tragedy at sea was a brutal chapter in the Battle of Savo Island, a poignant reminder of the cost of war. Amid the burning wreckage and the pounding guns, the true cost of the conflict was etched in the stories of the men who fought, the ships that were lost, and the lives that were forever altered. In the throbbing heart of the Pacific theater, the fight for survival had begun. Under the bruised sky of the early dawn, the men of the Allied forces, amidst the flaming wreckage of their ships, were locked in a desperate struggle. The Battle of Savo Island had taken a heavy toll, but the spirit of the sailors remained unbroken. Commanding the USS Chicago, Captain Howard D. Bode had watched in horror as the Japanese forces decimated his allies. Now, 
his ship too was under assault. The Chicago shuddered under the impact of Japanese artillery, but Bode and his crew refused to surrender. Their counterfire pierced the dawn, a beacon of defiance amidst the devastation. Amid the chaos, the men on board the beleaguered ship found strength in each other. The shared glances, the hurried instructions, the grim determination in each sailor's eyes, all of these bore testament to their resolve. They were warriors, bound by duty and honor, their spirits refusing to waver even in the face of a formidable enemy. Elsewhere, Admiral Turner aboard the USS McCauley was orchestrating a desperate defense. His voice echoed over the radio, steady as a rock despite the chaos around him. He ordered every remaining ship to fight back, to make the enemy pay for every inch of the Pacific they sought to claim. Turner's stoic command gave strength to the scattered fleet, bolstering their flagging spirits. Even as the battle turned increasingly grim, the men fought valiantly. Medics worked tirelessly, their hands stained with the blood of their comrades. They worked under the barest of light, their faces etched with exhaustion and determination, every saved life a small victory against the overwhelming odds. The struggle for survival continued until the early light of dawn began to permeate the smoke-filled sky. The men, exhausted and grim, watched as the remnants of their fleet smoldered in the morning light. The Battle of Savo Island was over, but the fight for survival had only just begun. This chapter of the battle underscored the human element of the conflict. Beyond the strategies and artillery, the Battle of Savo Island was a testament to the courage, resilience, and indomitable spirit of the men who faced the harsh realities of war and fought valiantly, refusing to yield even in the face of imminent defeat. Chapter 4 A Pyrrhic Victory As the final echoes of the conflict faded, the morning light revealed the devastating aftermath of the Battle of Savo Island. The once serene Pacific was now marred by the smoky silhouettes of sinking ships, and the once blue sky was gray with the aftermath of the relentless conflict. For the Allied forces, the events of the night had dealt a severe blow, forever etching this day as the worst defeat in the history of the United States Navy. Amid the detritus of the brutal encounter, Admiral Turner stood on the deck of the USS McCauley, his gaze sweeping over the scene. The devastation was vast, but his spirit remained undeterred. In the face of such loss, his resolve to push forward only hardened. With quiet orders, he began the daunting task of regrouping his fleet and tending to the wounded. On the Japanese side, Vice Admiral Mikawa also surveyed the aftermath. His strategic gamble had paid off, and he had inflicted a significant blow to the Allied forces. But he was under no illusions about the war's harsh realities. His fleet had suffered damages too, and he knew this victory was but a moment in the sprawling canvas of the Pacific War. In the days following the battle, rescue operations were carried out amidst the wreckage. The Pacific became a site of heartrending scenes as survivors were pulled from the waters their faces a mix of relief and trauma. Sailors and medical personnel worked tirelessly, their efforts a beacon of hope amid the devastation. The aftermath of the Battle of Savo Island was not just a scene of wreckage and loss, but also a testament to human resilience. Amid the debris and the casualties, the survivors held onto their spirit, 
their faces marked by a grim determination. They had survived, and now they had to continue the fight. The battle's end marked the beginning of a somber reckoning. A flurry of investigations and reviews followed the defeat, the Allied command keen on understanding what had gone wrong and how such a loss could be prevented in the future. The aftermath of the Battle of Savo Island was a lesson learned in blood and fire, forever shaping the strategies and tactics of the Pacific War. After the dust had settled and the echoes of the last gunshots had faded away, Vice Admiral Gunichi Mikawa, standing on the bridge of the flagship Chokai, found himself in an interesting quandary. His forces had won a decisive victory, but the daylight brought new concerns. His advantage was the cover of night, and with the dawn, came the threat of air attacks from the nearby Allied airfields and carriers. Mikawa was an experienced strategist, with a keen understanding of both his strength and his weaknesses. He knew that the American and Australian air power could cause heavy damage to his ships in the light of day. Weighing the risks and rewards, he made a tough decision. Despite the possibility of further disrupting the Allied landing operations at Guadalcanal, he ordered a retreat. The Japanese fleet, triumphant yet weary, navigated their way back through the slot, the passage between the chain of islands. The voyage was tense, the clear blue skies above a stark contrast to the grim faces of the sailors below, all too aware of the threat looming from the unseen aircraft that could swoop down at any moment. However, fortune favored Mikawa that day. Allied command, still reeling from the unexpected defeat, was not quick enough to launch a substantial attack against the retreating Japanese forces. The men aboard the Japanese ships breathed a collective sigh of relief as the familiar coastline of their base at Rabaul came into view. Despite the successful retreat, Mikawa's decision was met with mixed reactions at home. Some saw it as a lost opportunity to deliver a more crushing blow to the Allies. However, others recognized the wisdom in his caution, understanding the potential catastrophe an organized Allied air assault could have inflicted on their fleet. The Japanese retreat from Savo Island marked a turning point in the Battle of Guadalcanal. While the victory boosted the morale of the Japanese Navy, the decision to retreat also allowed the beleaguered allies to regroup and reinforce their determination to hold on to Guadalcanal, setting the stage for the fierce battles that were yet to come in the Solomon Islands. The painful sting of the Battle of Savo Island lingered in the hearts and minds of the Allied command. Their first major naval engagement in the Pacific had ended in tragedy, and the harsh lessons learned from the unexpected defeat had to be examined and understood. On board the USS Macaulay, Admiral Richmond K. Turner was in the midst of a solemn reckoning. The depth of the defeat had deeply shaken him. With a steely resolve, he began the process of analysis, determined to understand the errors made and use this defeat as a foundation for future victories. Back in Washington, Admiral Ernest King, the chief of naval operations, was equally pensive. The news of Savo Island had struck him like a blow. King was a man of action and determination, and he saw in this defeat not just an end but a beginning. He ordered an immediate and thorough review of the battle, seeking to dissect every action, every decision that had led to this loss. In the following weeks, a torrent of reports and analyses flowed in. 
The absence of a unified command, lack of communication, and poor utilization of radar were among the most significant issues identified. It was a damning indictment of the Allied preparation and response, but each critique was a lesson, a signpost on the path to improvement. From the ashes of Savo Island, new strategies and tactics were born. The U.S. Navy improved communication protocols, radar usage, and developed a more coordinated, unified command structure. Night combat training was intensified, knowing well that the Japanese had mastered this aspect of naval warfare. The memory of Savo Island served as a constant reminder to the Allied forces about the cost of underestimation and unpreparedness. The defeat was a bitter pill to swallow, but the lessons learned from it would prove instrumental in the numerous battles that lay ahead in the Pacific theater. Through pain and loss, the Battle of Savo Island became a crucible, forging a more determined and better prepared Allied force, ready to reclaim the Pacific. Chapter 5 Impact on the Pacific Theater In the vast canvas of the Pacific, the Battle of Savo Island was but a single brushstroke. Yet, its implications rippled through the strategies and decisions of the larger Pacific campaign, impacting the tide of war in a profound way. After the battle, the Allies, still smarting from their defeat, were determined not to let the Japanese maintain the upper hand. They redoubled their efforts, using the bitter lessons of Savo Island to inform their strategies. The battle had cost them dearly, but it had also galvanized them, fueling their will to fight back stronger. Admiral William Halsey, a stalwart figure in the Pacific Theater, took command of the South Pacific area. A decisive and driven leader, he immediately set about tightening up command structures and improving the use of available intelligence. His goal was clear, to push back against the Japanese forces with renewed vigor and prevent another disaster like Savo Island. The Battle of Savo Island also forced a shift in Japanese strategy. Vice Admiral Makawa's victory had been decisive, but the failure to press the attack and completely neutralize the Allied threat at Guadalcanal was a missed opportunity. The Japanese Imperial Navy found themselves fighting a grueling war of attrition in the Solomon Islands, one they were ill-prepared for. In the months that followed, the Guadalcanal campaign became a brutal tug-of-war, as both sides vied for control of the strategically vital island. The lessons learned from Savo Island began to show their value. The Allies, better prepared and more coordinated, managed to repel several major Japanese offensives. The Pacific waters, which once seemed a Japanese stronghold, began to turn. The battle also revealed to both sides the importance of night fighting and radar technology. Night engagements became more common, and both sides started developing techniques and technology to better use the cover of darkness. The face of naval warfare was slowly changing, shaped by the lessons from the fateful night at Savo Island. The Battle of Savo Island, despite its conclusion, did not herald an unstoppable Japanese advance in the Pacific. Instead, it marked a turning point where the Allies took their harshest lessons and used them to turn the tide of war. The waves that swept over the wrecks at Savo Island were not just waters of loss, but also of resilience and transformation. While Savo Island had ended in a disastrous defeat for the Allies, 
it became the starting point for what would be a long and grueling campaign in Guadalcanal. The strategic importance of the island, with its potential for a vital air base, was crystal clear to both the Japanese and Allied forces. Hence, a fierce tug-of-war ensued that lasted months, each side throwing everything they had into the battle. The newly appointed Admiral William Halsey, a man of grit and determination, stood at the helm of the Allied South Pacific forces. He approached the Guadalcanal campaign with a firm resolve, using the failures of Savo Island to inform his every strategy. He sought not just to avenge the loss, but to establish a strong Allied presence in the Pacific and turn the tide of war. On the Japanese side, the command was split. Despite their victory at Savo Island, they were caught off guard by the relentless Allied efforts to recapture Guadalcanal. The reluctance to follow through on the victory at Savo had given the Allies time to regroup and fortify their forces on Guadalcanal. The Imperial Navy, with stretched resources and increasing pressure from the home front, found themselves on the back foot. Over the following six months, Guadalcanal saw some of the most brutal battles of the Pacific War. The dense, mosquito-infested jungles of the island became a grueling battleground. The island's Henderson Field, an airstrip, changed hands several times, echoing with the roars of aircraft and artillery. The campaign was defined by its grueling ground battles, ferocious naval engagements, and unrelenting air attacks. Night after night, day after day, both sides fought relentlessly, pushing their limits in the face of adversity. The ghost of Savo Island loomed over the Allied forces, a stark reminder of the cost of unpreparedness, driving them to fight back with everything they had. In February 1943, after months of grueling fighting and significant losses on both sides, the Japanese finally evacuated their remaining troops from Guadalcanal, marking the end of the campaign. It was a hard-fought victory for the Allies, one that came at a great cost. But it was also a turning point, signaling a shift in momentum in the Pacific War. The lessons learned from the Battle of Savo Island and the subsequent Guadalcanal campaign became the bedrock of this resilient pushback against the advancing tide of the Imperial Japanese forces. As the grueling Guadalcanal campaign concluded, the faces of both the Allied and Japanese forces bore the marks of exhaustion. Yet, beneath the worn out visages of the Allied command, there was a glimmer of hard-earned triumph and hope. The tide of the Pacific War was beginning to shift. Admiral William Halsey, now a well-recognized figure in the Pacific theater, stood as a testament to this shift. His decisive leadership and relentless pushback against the Japanese forces had proven instrumental in turning the tide. The hard lessons of Savo Island had not been forgotten but had instead fueled a determined effort that eventually led to the Allies' first major offensive victory over the Japanese forces. On the other side of the Pacific, the Japanese Imperial headquarters grappled with the loss of Guadalcanal. The unexpected resilience of the Allied forces, coupled with the significant drain on their resources, had taken a toll on their initial momentum. The shadow of what could have been achieved at Savo Island, had they pushed the advantage, loomed over their strategic discussions. The battle-weary soldiers, marines, sailors, and airmen began to see the first real signs of hope, a hint of light in the dense fog of war. Guadalcanal had been a brutal test of their resolve, 
and they had emerged victorious, bloodied but unbowed. Following the Guadalcanal campaign, the Allies carried the momentum forward, initiating a series of successful offensive operations across the Pacific. The Battle of Midway, the Solomon Islands Campaign, and the eventual retaking of the Philippines were all fueled by the strategic and tactical shifts that had been born from the lessons of Savo Island. In a war as vast and complicated as the Pacific War, momentum was not just about gaining ground but also about fostering hope and belief. The Battle of Savo Island, though a defeat, was a catalyst, a bitter lesson that sparked a resolute comeback. The shift in momentum was not just about maps and territories but also about the hearts and minds of those fighting, a testament to their resilience in the face of adversity. Chapter 6 The Legacy of Savo Island In the aftermath of the Battle of Savo Island and the grueling Guadalcanal Campaign, both the Allied and Japanese forces had time to reflect and learn from their experiences. The defeat at Savo Island and the subsequent victory in Guadalcanal held invaluable lessons, ones that would be carried forward into the remaining years of the Pacific War. For Admiral Halsey and his command, Savo Island was a stark lesson in preparedness and coordination. The lack of effective communication, the failure to properly use available intelligence, and the disarray caused by unexpected Japanese maneuvers had cost them dearly. These were lessons etched deeply into the psyche of the Allied forces, leading to substantial improvements in operational conduct, communication protocols, and tactical decision-making. The Battle of Savo Island and the Guadalcanal Campaign also highlighted the importance of air superiority. The struggle for control of Henderson Field on Guadalcanal had proven that whoever controlled the skies had a significant advantage. The Allies realized the need for a robust and versatile air force that could effectively support ground and naval operations. On the Japanese side, the battles illuminated the consequences of failing to seize the initiative. While the Japanese had managed a stunning victory at Savo Island, their hesitation to completely neutralize the Allied forces on Guadalcanal had cost them the island and, eventually, the campaign. This served as a harsh reminder of the importance of following through on a tactical advantage. The brutal night battles at sea during these engagements also underscored the value of night combat tactics and effective use of radar technology. Both sides realized the need to improve their night fighting capabilities and better incorporate radar technology into their naval strategies. Through blood and fire, the Allies and the Japanese learned lessons that would influence their approaches to the remaining years of the war. Each decision, each tactic, and each strategy was informed by these lessons, serving as a constant reminder of the costs of war and the price of victory. The Battle of Savo Island and the subsequent Guadalcanal campaign might have been just a series of events in the vast theater of World War II, but their impacts were deeply felt and far-reaching. The lessons learned and the shifts in momentum created ripples that influenced the outcome of the larger conflict. The Allied victory in Guadalcanal, following the tragic loss at Savo Island, sent a powerful message to all parties involved in the war. The Allies were capable of not only holding their ground but also seizing the initiative and turning the tide. This victory was a beacon of hope that motivated Allied forces across different theaters and boosted morale on the home front.
the strategic significance of Guadalcanal's location cannot be overstated. The control over the island allowed the Allies to protect their lines of communication and supply between the United States, Australia, and New Zealand. Moreover, it offered a launch pad for further offensives into Japanese-held territories. On the Japanese side, the loss of Guadalcanal was a blow to their expansion in the Pacific. It halted their eastward advance and marked the shift from offensive to defensive for the Imperial Japanese forces. The draining Guadalcanal campaign also strained their resources, which had repercussions for their engagements in other theaters. World leaders were also paying close attention. For American President Franklin D. Roosevelt and British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, the victory at Guadalcanal, hard won as it was, validated their strategy of Europe first, but not Europe only. It reassured them that the Pacific theater could be held against the Japanese until the full might of the Allies could be brought to bear. Moreover, these battles influenced tactical and operational conduct for the remainder of the war. From changes in naval doctrine to the incorporation of more sophisticated technology and intelligence in warfare, the Battle of Savo Island and the Guadalcanal Campaign served as catalysts for change. Thus, while the Battle of Savo Island and the Guadalcanal Campaign were but two events in the colossal canvas of World War II, their impact was significant, shaping strategies, molding perceptions, and influencing the course of the larger conflict. As the dust of World War II finally settled, and the echoes of the last shots fired faded into silence, the world began to reflect upon the harrowing events that had shaken it to its core. In this period of contemplation, the Battle of Savo Island and the Guadalcanal Campaign took their place in the annals of history, not only as pivotal military engagements but also as profound human experiences that had forever changed those who had been a part of them. For those who had fought in the Pacific Theater, the memories of Savo Island and Guadalcanal were etched deep into their souls. Men like Admiral Halsey, who had witnessed the profound cost of the battle firsthand, carried the memories of their fallen comrades with them. They saw in the haunting waters of Savo Island a testament to the bravery and sacrifice of their fellow sailors, a poignant reminder of the fragility of life and the steep price of freedom. In the years following the war, the Battle of Savo Island became a touchstone for discussions about military strategy, operational conduct, and naval warfare. Scholars and military historians poured over the details of the engagement, dissecting the decisions made and the tactics employed. The battle, with all its tragedy and lessons, came to be seen as a crucial case study in modern naval warfare. Across the Pacific, in Japan, the battle and the subsequent campaign were remembered with a mix of regret and respect. Regret for the missed opportunities and the devastating loss of life, and respect for the courage and tenacity of both their forces and the Allied troops. The echoes of Savo Island served as a sobering reminder of the costs of war and the heavy burden of decision-making in the heat of conflict. In the broader public consciousness, Savo Island and Guadalcanal became symbols of the struggle in the Pacific, remembered through books, movies, and memorials. The stories of the men who had fought there, their acts of bravery, their moments of despair, and their ultimate triumph in the face of overwhelming odds, were shared and passed down through generations. As we look back on the Battle of Savo Island today, 
It serves as a stark reminder of the sacrifices made during the most extensive conflict in human history. The lessons learned, the courage displayed, and the lives lost in those tumultuous waters continue to resonate, a testament to the indomitable spirit of humanity in the face of unimaginable adversity.